What's up, you guys? Coming live once again. Back up with my friend. It's the return of my oh, <laughs> And bro, we are back with it, man. Oh my god, man. Andre, how you feel, man? Uh, I've woken up from my slumber. <laughs> uh, we both w- awoken. But uh, it's great to be back, you know what I'm saying? We took a bit of a reprieve to uh, work on some uh, other stuff we'll talk about in the episode. <laughs> yeah. But it's just nice to kind of get back to uh, regular work hours. Yeah. Regular work hours, man, uh, and like you said, honestly, I'm exhausted. We just been sleeping the whole time, really. Like we haven't been doing anything. We just been sleeping, and cause you know that's what bears do. We bears. Yeah, so. I, but just the time bears go to sleep. <laughs> but it's great to be back. Uh, first off, before we really get into starting about what we're gonna talk about this episode, I just want to take a moment to. Uh, rest in peace, Stanley. Oh, Great yeah, man. Most, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, bro. he impacted probably anybody who's listening. Most people in America, probably across the world's lives, in a uh, fundamental way. You know, he, cre- he helped create along with Jack Kirby some of the greatest heroes to yeah. ever grace. You know, our minds and our uh, entertainment palette or whatever. So rest in peace to that man. He was actually a very strong advocate for anti-Semitism, uh, or is that how you say it? Yeah, well, uh, you know, yeah, I think people get it. Racist people, but he wasn't for yeah, the yeah, racist exactly, people. exactly. Like, you know, he, 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 you know, he was just a great man through and through. And, like, you know, to be honest, like, you know, you guys, like, I just heard this news. Andre just presented it to me. Yeah, I so saw it this like, morning. It's something I don't even know how to react to. It's like Stan Lee is, like, one of those people. It's like somebody, matter of fact, before I even say that, like, somebody... Like, you know, like, just take Stevie Wonder and put him, like, a vault somewhere and, like, give him, like, food for the rest of his life. <laughs> like, because we cannot have him die off, bro. Like, yeah. I feel like that's the only legend we have left. But, like, Stan Lee was one of those people we feel like would never die. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was, like, just hearing that. You, ju- you just telling me this shit, like, three minutes ago. It's like, man, like like you said, he was really influential in everybody's lives. Yes. Like, just by the characters he created, you know, you know, like Marvel spanned generations. It wasn't just, you know, for the uh, Generation X. Or, yeah, you the, know. the stuff they made, that dates back decades ago. Yeah, decades, man. And then this now it's going to continue. Like Yeah, now it's a multi-billion yes. dollar industry type thing. You know what I'm saying? And uh, from... Him just uh, creating those characters to then creating another level of, I just, I guess, involvement or entertainment for the young people and the old people. Seeing him be in the cameos for all the movies and stuff like exactly. that, that was great. And none of the movies are going to be the same now because everybody's going to be waiting and watching to see, you know, him The pop Stanley up. Camo. Exactly. Like, like, we're not going to get Stanley Camo anymore. But, I mean, knowing Marvel, man, I wouldn't be surprised in the next movie we at least got, like, some audio of him or on a phone call or something. Yeah, like. I would hope that they had uh, pre-recorded some stuff and uh, yeah, pre-recorded some stuff so they could just put him in. And hopefully, uh, you know, beyond our, uh, I guess, hurtness, because uh, we were fans of him, I hope his family's okay, you know. Anybody yeah, exactly. who's closely tied to him, I hope that they're all right. Uh, but <clears throat> to get into, I guess, the uh, meat and potatoes of this episode, <laughs> um, we just had midterms elections, guys. Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys voted, but I know we did. And I would hope that you guys did vote because we're going to have a problem. I don't really want y'all listening to talk. <laughs> but and, and some stuff. Uh, Jalen, would you like to take it away? I just, uh, or give, 
anybody who may not have been paying attention to kind of an overview of or what midterms are, you know, some people think the only time to vote is during presidential, presidential times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, basically, midterms are basically the um, mid-year elections are the mid the uh, mid-year elections between the presidential a president's term. So basically, like we say, a president has four years in office. So a president get gets elected in twenty sixteen. The uh, midterms uh, year for that uh, the midterm elections for that you know presidential um seat or that presidential run will be in twenty eighteen, which we just had them. And these mid-year elections are to determine who are in our house most most likely and even most likely it'll be senate races on the ballot um like uh like on this midterm election 2018 uh the senate race uh Beto O'Rourke was going against incumbent junior senator Ted Cruz uh Raphael yeah quotation marks <laughs> Ted Cruz and quotation marks I said I mean quotation marks Ted quote in the quotation marks Cruz right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying because he, he liked to tell y'all his name Ted but that man is Raphael so yeah but like yeah so and so basically in 2020 John Corn our senior Texas senator his election is going to be up so it's like uh these elections are vital to do one thing and which is for a party a political party to t- keep control of the house or the senate and uh these um during these elections there's also a lot of uh governor elections going on a lot of uh local um district elections going on a lot of uh, pop- propositions are on the ballot as well um but the main thing for these midterms that what everybody's looking for is to gain control of some faction of our government yeah if you're lacking you don't have the majority you want the majority if yes. you have the majority you need to maintain it yes exactly exactly so you know this is where like the most strategic part of politics really comes into play when we talk about you know the national stage yes. you know and uh just to uh i guess kind of quantify the weight of this uh like you said Jalen, midterm elections are you know in between a presidential term whereas this is extremely important because it can uh determine how effective a president may be whereas we seen something like with obama with uh i think he only had a democratic majority the first two years of his first presidential term and then you seen uh the rights of the tea party came and they uh, beat the Democrats and they gain control of the House again. Holding control of the House and the Senate. Yes, and if you uh, pay attention to that, you can see how uh, any criticisms or some of the criticisms, I won't say all, some of the criticisms you may have have had for Obama were because he was stalemated or mm-hmm. because he wasn't as effective as he could have been because his party wasn't in control of the House or the Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's this is why these things are important. And I think a lot of people think it's only important to vote nationwide in a presidential election, but you know these state local elections, like you were just talking about, with midterms are extremely important because it can set uh, a bit of the tone across the whole country, and it's more impactful in your life, I'd say, than a presidential election. Uh, presidential. Uh, just presidents in general, they affect all of us, but yes. to individuals, people listening, people like me and you, Ted Cruz is more important to us than Donald Trump. Yeah, most definitely, because he's our direct contact and our, de- rep- our direct representation when it comes to the final stage of passing a law. 
when it comes to the final stage of formatting formatting something into actual law. In that our is our represent in our state. That that is our representation. John Corn, our senior senator, and our junior senator Ted Cruz. So these are why, the, uh, yeah, these are why the Senate uh, elections and the House elections are so important. And these why this is why if we really want to impact policy in the White House, we need to have control of both of these things. Yes, yeah, it's extremely important to. Uh, Try and make sure you're paying attention to um, what year it is, what type of election that you're, uh, you need to be focused on. And also getting more involved, because we're talking about the state thing, but what we've seen, and we also, I guess, kind of inadvertently uh, worked for and helped some local... Cause. Yeah. Some local... But that stuff is also key, you know what I'm saying? You want to know who your county judges are. You want to see mm-hmm. who your treasurer is, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. Those are extremely impactful things, even smaller than your state to your local city, you know what I'm saying? Some exactly. things across the state may be bad, but you could be living in a uh, nice little section if your mayor and, you know, all your people, uh, your elected local affection... Uh, uh, <laughs> Elected local, local officials, officials yeah. are handling the job properly, and we've seen, unfortunately, in the process of working for Bethel, that uh, some who was it, a poll worker in Hardin County. Oh yeah, county clerk in Hardin County was um actually um I'm gonna give this news bit, and then we're just gonna jump into the Bethel uh, stuff because we got to. Um, but uh, uh, during the early election cycle in Hardin County, a county clerk. Um, she ended up, she actually uh, posted a sign uh, outside of the um, voting, uh, uh, the polling location that uh, read, and, sh- and it was in writing, so she wrote it herself, and it said that you cannot vote without a voter ID or voter registration card, which is, you know, false, and the, any county clerk should know this, like, you know, it, definitely in the state of Texas, all you need anywhere is a form of identification, and so that that's why, you know, People complain about things like voter suppression because people do things like that, you know. And they also had another uh, incident uh, in another Republican county. To or was that in Jefferson County when uh, the elderly lady? Um, I thought that was out here. Yeah, that I was think, in Jefferson uh, County. Oh, dude, what's the name? Lester. He yeah, was, yeah. Uh, he had uh, talked to that lady. Man, don't say people name. I see now we got to hand this dude a check. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, he listen to this. But uh. Yeah, so like um basically that's why all this stuff is important, man, because you know, you got people suppressing your vote, but we might as well just go ahead and talk it talk about it, get it out the way. You know, uh as you guys uh know, uh some of you guys know, um me and Andre, uh we got the chance and experience to work with um the Bethel Work campaign. Um and it was amazing, man. It was honestly amazing. It we was got a great opportunity. We got the chance to feel organized, block walk, you know, see, you know, meet new people in our own county, Jefferson County, and you know, really, uh, and that really did impact the voter uh, turnout, you know, and, and you know, not in an astronomical way because voter apathy is something hard to break, and like we might even talk about it later in the episode, but you know, the fact that you know the margin did increase shows that like man like you know my hard work can be tangible like you know we can get people out to vote and so unfortunately Bethel work did come up short in this senate election but not by uh less than 200,000 votes i believe 
in uh in 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 a Texas Senate race where a Democratic candidate is running on a super progressive platform, where a Democratic candidate is pushing things such as universal health care, uh, criminal justice reform, women's rights. Oh yeah, you know women's rights, you know, and then uh, disenfranchised women's rights of African American women, you know, he came at such a close margin, and and so. People, you know, they like to say, man, you, you, you know, the blue wave can't stop the, uh, the, the red wall. But I mean, we can in, in, in throughout this election, even though Beto came up short, you've seen that. You've seen that. Uh, in Texas alone, we flipped six house seats from Republican to Democrat. And that was because of the Beto wave. Absolutely. It, you know, you know, people were energized about this candidate. What Beto has proven is that people will vote for a candidate that they care about. And and it's not likely voters. It's, you know, apathetic voters. Apathetic voters. And we even had some, uh, I, I guess, never Trumpers or former conservatives. Yeah. So, uh, Republicans did vote for uh, Beto. He was extremely... Um, uh, passionate and persuasive in the way that charismatic. he speaks. Exactly charismatic. The only unfortunate thing about it is just simply Texas has more Republicans. Yes, exactly. Uh, this is just something that it's going to have to be in the process for some time. Maybe by the time we're almost pushing 30, we may see something in Texas. But uh, I say for the next two or three years, you know what I'm saying, it's just going to be uh, Republican, Republican, Republican. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing is, I, I wouldn't even say pushing 30. I say mid-20s because like, my thing is, is that you know, I got two years, damn. <laughs> damn there, my mid twenty. Yeah, that is true. But uh, but I feel like at the end of the day, like I, I feel like, you know, you were right at the point to saying, you know, when it comes to county, uh, I mean precinct base, we do have way more Republican precincts than Democratic precincts, but. Bethel was running those numbers up, man. And Harris County, Jefferson County, San Antonio, he was running these numbers up. And you know how he was? Because that even though that there's more Republican counties in the state of Texas, there's way more Democratic voters. And what I mean by that is that I'm not talking about Democratic likely voters. Likely voters, Republicans will always be Democrats. But when we're talking about the most who would look likely uh, most likely vote uh, vote for a Democrat out of the whole populace of the state of Texas, Democrats outnumber Republicans, and we can get more Democrats to the polls. It's just about breaking that voter apathy, bro. And because, like I said, Beto Prue has proven that you know, as long as you we get candidates that actually care about the people, that actually represent the people, who actually you know ha have a mind for to, to change for them, and not only looking out for the big corporations and the big political packs. When as soon as they see that, they're gonna vote for him. Bro. That that is true, and uh, I feel like the reaction to his loss is kind of testament to how impactful Beto was because yeah. people, you know, not even in Texas, not just only in Texas, but across the nation were already gearing up for uh, Beto to run in 2020. In 2020. You know exactly. Saying? He may have lost the Senate race, but, you know, people were ready for him to win the presidential one. Exactly. So what you're saying is true. You know, there is a, a deep set, deep set in desire for uh, progressive policies for people who hear you know the struggles of the average person and says hey i want to do something about this but uh as you so eloquently hit the nail on the head we have to break voter apathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's hard convincing somebody who doesn't understand the weight of their vote that their vote has weight and i wish that um you could literally just put up a uh, a reel of film of 
information of Republicans consistently trying to take your right away from you. Hopefully exactly. that will convince you that obviously if they want to rob you of it, it has, it has some power. Be, it has to be kind of important if, exactly. you know, Brian Kemp, you know, days before the governor election pulls 150,000 uh, registered voters from the system. And it's it's uh, even worse when you see not, not just my senator or, or your governor or one of your congressmen, the President of the United States is telling Georgia, telling Stacey Abrams, um, Gillum, that they should just go ahead and concede. Even though it is state law to recount, he's uh, insinuating and putting it into the ether that somehow Democrats are manipulating the vote. They're uh, getting dead people or illegal immigrants to vote. Uh, not only is this just some Republican Party thing, you have to understand that this is uh, politics in this country now. And it's the man that's in power now. And I hope that this is just fuel to get you involved in the political process. Exactly. Because if you do not participate, the worst outcome will always be the only outcome. Yes. It, it, um, especially to the people who be on Facebook, Internet, uh, Instagram, all that shit, being a soapbox preacher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Take that soapbox off the Internet, go on the fucking street and tell people to vote. You know what I'm saying? Give you people some literature or whatever fucking yeah. commit. Pan-Africanism <laughs> shit you want to talk about, but also get people involved in the political process. There is no way black people or minorities will succeed if you consistently tell them to not participate in a system that is robbing them of their rights. Exactly. And and, and at the essence of it, it, it makes no sense. It's like, uh, at the end of the day, it's like kind of like you said, like, like I like, you know, I see what you said when... Uh, you know, they think like, oh man, you know, it's forget the system. I don't want to do that. Like, you know, the, the system is rigged. But it's like you're putting yourself in a false dilemma. Because it's like you're saying like, it's the, like, the system is damned. You can't change it. But I'm like, there is a route to change it. Now it's tedious. It's yes, long, and it has many pitfalls. Oh, yes, and traps, yes, but it, it can be beaten. Yes, exactly. And but there's this path, and you're you're just currently like you know you're 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 steadily steady putting yourself in this false dilemma of that we're just damned. Like no, that's not the case. You know we have the tools. We just have to work and then get the job done, man. Exactly. And, and, and so that's why I'm saying like. How much times I gotta bring this up, like to people? We flipped six fucking seats in the house of in the fucking state of Texas. Well, that were Republican districts in the fucking state of Texas. Yes. And so it's like you know, if you don't notice that change, if you don't understand that like change is an increment process or a marginal process yeah. that isn't just it's you not know, overnight. It's not overnight, bro. It's not you know just spontaneous in your face. Like okay, all right, well I'll, I'm gonna vote this election. So who I want to get in, Some, get in. I want something to yes. happen next week. Like no, bro. It's like oh great, now you got it. But you know how you didn't have get it before I had to tell you to get it, and now you mad because everybody else don't got it. Now you got to get people to get it. Exactly. I hope uh, being involved in the political process is like a, a virus or something, man. Yeah. Pass it on to your friends, exactly. man. Come on, everybody need to get sick with uh, politics. Or something. Exactly. That's so corny. I'm sorry, guys, but um, I'm very uh, passionate about this. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. And and I think, you know, to break voter <laughs> apathy, <laughs> we... <laughs> <laughs> to break voter apathy, we, we have to understand first of that, you know, people don't hate politics you know they 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 get exacerbated and exhausted by the process because the process has either a suppressed them or b uh they have just you know been taught not to be a part of the process at all so it's like you know 
people love politics, you know, people because like, you know, people want money, that, that that's politics. You know, people care about their life, you know, what house they live in, you know, if they get into, that's politics, you know. They care about, you know, how much they're getting back on their taxes. That's politics. You care about your children or what's going on with them, that's politics. Education, that's politics. So it's like, you know, infrastructure, your streets, you complain about your streets, but that is local politics. So it's like, you know, you love politics and you have a care for it because it's your everyday life. Now we just got to get them to fall back into the pro fall back into the love of actually appreciating the process and understanding that yes we have people who are trying to suppress our vote but that's why we need that's why it's so imperative that we do it because you know you're not some woke uh uh you're not some woke uh, philosopher uh from the enlightenment age if you say don't vote because the government already is picking out who they want. Like, no, you're not woke. You're just actually falling into the same trap of the people who want to suppress your vote. Exactly. I don't want to hear about your um, ten-paragraph thesis on how the electoral <laughs> college is a setup. I mean, it kind of is, but it's definitely not how you're explaining it. Exactly, exactly. And, it, again, it can be beaten. Yes. And, and so that's what people got to understand and, you know, I feel like a lot of people, even when they go into the bit of the Electoral College, I, I hope we're not going off on a tangent, but, like, even when people go off into the bit of the Electoral College, they don't even know how it works. Well, I, th I think we need an episode, like, just dedicated to how politics works. A series. Like, like a series, yes, you know, like, you know, like, really teaching people, you know, what's the structure of the House, what does the House does, the committees of the House, the committees of the Senate. Or just explain to people the three branches of government. Yeah, uh, yeah, because, like, to be honest, people, I don't know all the committees in the Senate. So it's like, people don't need to know, like, offhand all the committees, but you do need to know the people that's representing you from your state personally and you do need to know their voting record and what do they vote on and what do they stand for does exactly it, does it stand for something that you feel represents their constituents you being one of them or do you feel like it only uh, panders to a specific part of their constituents who may happen to be the wealthiest part of its constituents uh, their constituents but that's true um uh, we kind of did get on a tangent but it kind of goes into the uh, last part of this uh, third part which is um if you are involved in politics, I w would guess that you are seeing an uh, increasing just a uh, divide amongst the political parties in America. Uh, it's, I feel like, devolving into essentially just mudslinging now. And uh, our first president did say that he didn't want us to ever get involved in political parties because he thought it could very well be, uh, I wouldn't say the end of our country, but it would be very detrimental. And me being a young 22-year-old man, uh, I can see that. Uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Uh, I, I can never frame America as uh, having been good at some point because for the most part of the entirety of America's history, it's been bad for people like me. But political discourse, I feel, in a, America right now is truly getting worse and worse as it goes by. Uh, I remember being like, 10 or 12, seeing people talk about the Tea Party, oh, that's bad, uh, I kind of started to understand they, they were a bit further right than the Republicans and conservatives, but now, you know, 10 years after that, we're seeing the alt-right, which is even further right than the Tea Party, which was even further right than Republicans, and you, uh, if we want to frame this into, uh, they're just extremists, you know, use that as an argument, I can understand that, but now these are starting to be the posters, or the poster people for your, uh, 
for your party. They're the spokespeople. Yeah, exactly. uh, your president, who is of your party, who everybody who votes Republican tiptoes, uh, tap dances to his uh, every cue, <laughs> he pushes this information. Exactly. There is no denying it. There is no skirting around it or uh, rationalizing it, which I feel yes. a lot of people try to do. I don't yeah. want to hear any deflections about Antifa, any deflections about Black Lives Matter, which hasn't really made any news in the past year and a half, mm -hmm. I, I bet. I don't want to hear anything about um, liberals. And I'm saying, in my opinion, what is causing this true divide in America is uh, Republicans are blowing themselves up. <laughs> for the uh, for the uh, the desire that I feel in capitalism implants in you to always succeed, to look for the highest dollar, to uh, be the most successful, the Republican Party I feel embodies that, and it's uh, I feel destroying it because if you check the demographic of some of the people who vote for Republican, I say a good majority, they're people who usually have things I guess. Uh, not socially, but just economically, things in common with Democrats. Yeah. But it's the idea that I can succeed if I keep voting for this party, if I keep these ideals uh, close to me and I just keep working hard. I may be rich like these guys. So I'm going to keep voting for these people who only vote and support rich guys. And uh, it's backfiring. It's turning, I feel like, Americans against each other for the pursuit of dollar, for the dollar. Where uh, white people who, uh, excuse me, white conservatives, because it's not white people, white conservatives who very well could be my brother, Jalen, we grew up in Texas, in a southern state. There is people we've met who have been nice as hell, yeah. respectful, kind, exactly. but I bet you they vote for Republican. Yeah, exactly. These are people who could be our friends, our family, but this uh, the ideolog ideological divide amongst Democrats and Republicans are pushing us further and further away, and I feel it's to allow rich people and uh, politicians to have some of that heat off them. Yeah. If I can get you guys to be mad at each other instead of mad at me, I'm winning. You know what I'm saying? There could be people who are talking about what I'm doing, but if it's not all of y'all, I'm straight. And I feel like that's what uh, politics in this country has become now. Yeah, most definitely. And, and to be honest, I feel like that's what it always was. I, I just feel like now we're getting to the point to where, like, we're achieving a point to where like oppressive demographics are now on this progressive movement to where like we can actually instill change so these people with this conservative thought they run into it because like you said they feel like they can advance with this ideal like it's like you know people who don't have my ideals are people or why they're keeping me down you know as long as my ideals are trumping these people's ideals i'm okay not you know it doesn't have to worry because like people talk about job growth and people have to understand Donald Trump literally did not do anything to peak the job growth what he did was he peaked the GDP and how you do that oh how about how do you do that how how can you uh peak the GDP the GDP oh what about uh having low taxes for big corporations and big businesses how about that you know, so, you know, our job growth has been on the same trajectory and since 2011 when Barack Obama instilled policies to do so. Yeah, it's been on a steady uptick. Yeah, exactly. And so I really uh, just just to 
tell them what you said, I'll let you continue. I don't want to hear anything about GDP growth or uh, these tax cuts because <laughs> half of these corporations that did receive these tax cuts then still went on to lay off hundreds, just, if not exactly. thousands, of their own employees. Exactly. To then pocket that. that That's not money that was trickled down to those employees. Those employees lost their jobs. Exactly, exactly, indubitably. So when you examine that, I feel like it, it's been that way, even from slavery. But slavery was more, it, it was it, it was easier for the elite to do that because it was skin color. And now since we're going, going into, uh, getting into a very progressive area to where like, now it's ideals trumping ideals. It's not really a race team mentality thing. It's like, I feel like conservatives have shifted from race to their ideals to hold them sacred as these are the things that are going to keep me above. These are the things that make me better than you. And the people who think opposite from this are trying to hold me back from what I believe. Conservatives actually feel oppressed, bro. Like, 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 think about that. Like they think and they only feel oppressed because now you see oppressed demographics just striving for equity, striving for equal stuff. Like, like the pro-choice argument is so retarded to me because it's like okay united states you know land of the free right free of ideals right yeah yeah you know we, we all have different interpretations and everything that's what makes america beautiful so you're talking about pro-life argument. yeah yeah the pro-life argument so it's like i i, I i'll ask a conservative you know our, our government is beautiful right yes because we have freedom of speech freedom of ideals okay that's great so uh, we don't deduct by one philosophy, though, right? Or one religion. No, no. We, we're, we're a country full of many beliefs. That's why the Quakers came and settled down here, you know, uh, after the Great Schism. Uh, okay, well, all right, that's great. So, and then I'll further ask them, so we have different philosophies in life or death, right? Like, yes. So, why wouldn't the best law is to be to have women decide whatever they want to do rather than just say, okay, this is my philosophy. Everybody should adhere yes, to it. and my philosophy is bolstered or um, the, supported by my religious belief, belief, which exactly. has no place in uh, government. Uh, you are absolutely entitled to believe whatever you want. If you believe that the, uh, yes. the uh, Jehovah is the one supreme, uh, you're entitled to that, you know what I'm saying? Yes. But not everybody in this country, nor in this world, nor even in the city that you probably live in or neighborhood is obligated to believe exactly what you should. And you should not use your religious beliefs or traditional beliefs, traditionalist beliefs that aren't supported by any form of fact or rational thought should not affect policy. And that's yes. what we see in uh, uh, the Republican Party. Yes, exactly. And, and so, like, to go back to what I was saying, I feel like, you know, the Republican Party... And when we talk about this funky, offensive, uh, loud, abrasive rhetoric, you know, I could trace that all the way back to Newt Greenridge. I feel like, you know, once he became House Speaker, he, that was the trajectory for the Republican Party to be this loud, brash, ignorant party. And I feel like because after that time... Right, it goes back to Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> okay, okay. If we're taking it back to Limbaugh, we could take it back farther than that. But yeah, facts, though, and so like I feel like these people, they're they're so, um, they they're so gung ho on their ideals. But like you said, like when we go back to just the social aspect of it, even not even social, but just our economics, like we have a lot in common. You have welfare, just like I have welfare. We're just on different factions of this welfare, but we both need it just as much as you do. So you, you, you're saying that like, 
I shouldn't get my food stamps, but you shouldn't get your social security. You know, you shouldn't get your, you know, I shouldn't get my housing, but you shouldn't get your, your, your nutrition, bro. Like, so it's like, why, 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 why are, why are certain things okay for the government to give us? The, but the uh, like it's it. But if they give us food stamps, oh no no, it's bad. It's the demographics that these things are targeted to. That's what I'm saying, bro. It's like Republican Party has been like that. Republican Party has been this way. I just feel like now it's to the point to where now they're playing this victim card by saying everybody is playing the victim card, and so they feel like they're oppressed themselves. This, this, I feel like that's a bit of a paradox. How are you offended that people are offended by what you're doing? That is offensive. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, like, I, like, I, I know this to y'all. This shit probably sounds like mumbo jumbo, but like, like that's how it comes off. People right. like Ben Sharpeo, like that. You call me an N word. I tell you, Jalen, I don't want you to call me that. Uh, I'm not comfortable with that. And now you say, I feel offended because I'm not allowed to fully express myself. And what you're giving me is a derogatory statement to begin with. I don't understand Exactly. That. And if you even want to talk about it, because Republicans love the, uh, this is that traditionalist bullshit I'm talking about. You want to talk about, you know, back in the day, people weren't soft like this. They weren't hard like this. You Do you know it was once upon a... Uh, legally plausible for you to duel someone to the death exactly, exactly. if they called you a coward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That makes no sense. I call people cowards at least three or four <laughs> times a day. I love somebody to duel me. It, it doesn't make any sense. We've always uh, had um, problems with certain words. I just feel like it's grown on what's been disrespectful as we've developed as human beings. Once yes. upon a time, it was it was grounds for me to throw the hands at you if you stepped on my shadow. Yes, bro. In France, like we threw the gloves. Like if you had to, you disrespected me, bro. So it's like I, I totally see what you're saying. Like, like I hate that. Like, don't say like we're being too sensitive because no, we're not being too sensitive, and that's not a valid argument, bro. Like, you just can't say like I, I'm listing all the things of how you're offending me. It just if we're just talking about uh, you know the the basic conservative mindset and their lack of respect for uh, identity and um, identity and preference. So uh, preference. I didn't. I said preference. But identity and preference. Um, yeah, when we even look at that, it's like, bro, like, you're you saying that like, oh no, you 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 want to be a trans woman? You can't be a woman. I identify as a trans woman. No, you can't have a baby. Okay, I identify as a trans woman. Like, what are you not getting about that? Like, exactly. it's like you're you're basically at this point telling me what I should be or not. Telling me what I should adhere yeah, to. Yeah, that makes no sense because like, you're telling me that I shouldn't be able to tell myself what I am. Yes, and then I should throw now. I, I, and, and this is to the conservative uh, thought. Like I should throw away my ideals just because for this more, in quotations, qualified candidate. Like no, like bro, like the nigga is not qualified if he doesn't represent me. That's just facts. And then, like, and, and people, like, saying, well, then that's when you're going to start putting everything into a team mentality of, like, you know, Democrats versus Republicans. It's not about that. You know, the reason why I'm a Democrat is because, you know, my demographic and my, uh, my demographic of people align with the Democratic Party simply because of our oppression and what the Democratic Party ex uh, represents. Yes, I know the Republican Party started off as the abolition party, but we all... We all know that it was a great switch, so we don't even have to, you know, delve deep into what happened to the cause that. Republicans were once liberals. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly, and Democrats were once rural conservatives. So it's like this, I align with this party because I am first a liberator. It's like 
my most of my platform is just expanding for equity is expanding on things like medicare for equity expanding on job opportunities to disenfranchise uh races or groups of people uh making sure that people are not discriminated against not only by their race but their prefer the preference that they hold in their identity like there's literally laws in the making to discriminate to make it legal for people to discriminate for people based on their preference of sex Yes, that that is true, and um, I hope anybody who is a part of a different minority group or oppressed group isn't apathetic towards that because it doesn't affect <laughs> you. If you black and you say I don't really get too much of a you know of a word about yeah. uh, what the LGBT community is going through, then you're a coward, and yeah. I hope you try to duel me because yeah. I'll shoot you. Know? <laughs> and I'll just play. And my my thing is about that. You, you know, I say it all the time. If you if you say you're pro black but you don't believe in LGBTQ rights, you're just a racist. So you know you're just you're a black nationalist who parallels a white nationalist. Y'all y'all skin color just different. So like that that that's it for that. But yeah, that's why like you know uh, we talked about this a couple weeks back. Um, before I don't know how long we're running. Let me see. But we talked about this. Oh, I mean we're not doing too bad. Uh, but we talked about this a couple of weeks back, you know, I guess we basically, and you really put this segment in here to talk about this and, and, and say, probably even say this, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. There's just like, at this point, there's no reason for me to vote for a Republican. You know, there's no reason for me to align, to agree with the Republican because of those things that we just said, you know, don't tell me to ditch my ideals. You know, the reason why we're in these situations uh, these uh, social, uh, these situations of social discrimination is because we did start the ideals. It's just because, you know, that's exactly what the Reconstruction era was. It's like, you know, we, let's not really focus on the ideals of black people. Let's just let them be free. You know what I'm saying? But like, we, we're not really going to give them a, a capital gain or anything. Nah. And we're not going to let them express their culture or anything. Nah. We're just going to let them be free. And that's it. Blind eye to the... Uh Newly forming KKK. Too. Yeah, exactly. Remember, like, and and this is what I say, and 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 this is why I tell people. This is why it's. I don't want to sound like we harp down on people for their ideals, but we harp down on people for their ideals, and it's just simply because that. Just because you are a good person, or just because you have a good attitude, does not mean. Let me say this. Let me scratch that. Just because you have a great attitude and you're gregarious and you're sociable and you talk to people does not mean you're a good person. You can not be a racist but have racist sentiment. You know, people got to understand that people who supported the KKK was South Christian Presbyterians. You know, it it wasn't you know you know white Satanists. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, that, that's it, something that needs to be said yeah. because uh, a lot of people try to make the argument that. <clears throat> This country is losing its morals because, I mean, Ted Cruz said this, this country is losing its morals because we're straying further from God. We're taking God out of the textbooks and out of the schools and stuff. But, I mean, a lot of terrible things well, across this country's uh, history were done by Christians. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of things across history, history were done by Christians. <laughs> Facts, though, bro. Facts. So that's why, you know, and I guess really Andre agree with me, and I'll let him take it from here, but it's like... No, it's like, I can't agree with the Republican platform. You can't say that, like, okay, well, we might disagree on universal health care, but, you know, you could still be, I could still, you know, 
be a, like a Republican. Like, no, like I'm not gonna be a Republican and agree with universal health care. I'm just be a Democrat because they believe in universal health care. Exactly. I don't understand why you don't believe in universal health care. That see, to you, that's a law that we vote on. But to me, you know, who has, who I have had a personal situation where I've lost people, and I could have not lost them if I had, you know, the monetary. Uh resources exactly to do that so so but to people like me and to people like millions of people across this world you know it's not just a vote it's not just a game it's life it's life and death and that's why we shouldn't ditch our ideals i understand what you're saying uh i'm pretty much on the same uh page as you uh i don't agree with anything the republican party stands for a couple of things i do understand stuff like let's say the second amendment understand you know maybe your desire to attempt to fiercely uh defend it but uh the whole argument uh that it's for stopping an oppressive tyrannical government we've long <laughs> gotten past that the minute that we dropped those two bombs on japan there's no guns there's no amount of guns that the populace could acquire to stop the american government from doing whatever it plans to do exactly secondly uh i guess i kind of understand let's say somebody's pro-life uh opinion i can attempt to understand you saying you're pro-life you try to preserve life but again you lose me once you attempt to try and control someone else's body that's not anybody's places to this place to decide anything that goes on for her except that woman because i could be dying of kidney disease you sh should you be obligated to give me one of your kidneys you most likely going to say no if i go into <laughs> any group party or uh event hall full of republicans and i say somebody stand up right now and give me your organs so i can live are you gonna do it no you're not so why should i have to put why should a woman have to put her life on the line effects and changes to her body that will last forever things that will affect her life forever for a child that she may not even want be ready for or be equipped to handle it thirdly um yeah. Uh, I can understand, uh, let's say, I can understand uh, opposition to universal health care. People don't want the taxes to go up. But when you do actual research, you Thank see you. that it will be offset by other things. Your taxes may go up, but the benefits from increased taxes will outweigh the losses of increased taxes. That's the end of the argument that needs to be had. Stop thinking that being fiercely against uh, and taxes is some kind of political sense. It's being <laughs> idiotic, all right? That's that. Don't make that shit a part of your personality because you're just saying I'm stupid, bro. I, how can you say I agree with these things and then completely shit on them afterwards? I, I guess you. I mean, can understand somebody's yes, somebody's yeah, yeah. push towards mm -hmm. that. But once you research something and get a full understanding or bearing of a situation, I don't understand how you can fiercely choose to be ignorant. I can only guess <laughs> that those people don't have this information. That's why I'm trying to share. It. And, and that's the that's the crazy part when I hear about these conservatives telling telling us that you know we're we're trumping ideals over realism. But like you know, conservatives are the most idealistic people I have to exactly. ha, ha, like I probably met. Uh, you know the way they just look at laws and how they govern things. They look at it so individual. That's why it's easy for them to say uh, their stance on pro life and pro choice, not understanding the argument itself. A pro-choicer like like myself uh, and like 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 us basically, we look at the law like this. Okay, everybody has a different interpretation how this shit works. Let's just have leave that to the women and are the couples. Let's leave that to them to decide. You know, Republicans think of it like, no, I feel like this isn't right. 
So, you know, I'm a governed by how I feel the government should be ran. It's that entitlement. Yeah. I can I can say Man, you have to know him, bro. I can see a, a, a different argument against that where a Republican may say, Well, Democrats feel entitled to my taxes for increasing this but uh what you don't understand is that uh being a citizen of a country, you're obligated to contribute to your country to exactly. begin with. Being born here and dur- uh, receiving the benefits that you do from birth until the day that you die being an American citizen, uh, I feel um, validates uh, participation in that country yeah. where it, either it's increasing taxes or lowering taxes, some, something like that. I don't feel like, uh, just, again, like I said, making it a part of your uh, stance or something is just idiotic to me. Yeah, it's like, but you know, what you just said is their main argument to why we, we shouldn't have welfare. You know, you should just be a, a productive citizen. You should work. You should do that. Which people on welfare are working. Exactly. You know, like that's what like people don't know that. But uh, that that's why I'm, that's why I say they think of laws and like in and how they should deduct them based off of personal preference. And like, I guess just being an uh, being oppressed demographic, we understand that we have to think about liberation first because we have to think about everybody's views because if we think about one person's views then that person then that views is going to trump everybody else's views and then it's going to start a dictatorship with the oppressor and the oppression yeah being uh i'm part of an oppressed demographic or a minority uh and a majority country uh you essentially live in the gray area. I feel like uh, conservative whites allow or are allowed and afforded the opportunity to look at things in black and white. Uh, they don't really have any experience of seeing things right next to them like we do in our families, in our friends' households, stuff like that. Uh, conservatives may have opinions about uh, black people or uh, poverty-stricken people, these migrants, just because they bumped across a black person or heard them have a conversation in a story. Or they just seen something most likely on Fox News. That's that's but that's literally all the information they have. They've never sat down at those black people's households and had dinner with them, had an extended conversation with them, uh, actually spoke, you know, developed some form of friendship or bond. They literally just get sneak peek previews. You know what I'm saying? That's it. And then they make an entire judgment um, how they're gonna feel, how they're gonna move, and how they're gonna get their po- uh, political party to operate the government. All based off of sneak fucking previews. <laughs> How many people yeah. have seen a trailer for a movie, then went seen that movie and was like, this shit wasn't even half the movie? Exactly, bro. Like, they literally just put the good parts in. This shit was whack. And, and that's exactly why you can't. And, and these sneak peeks that you say, let's just blame on said, these are generalization stereotypes that people play off of, and they use that to shape their platform. That's why conservatives literally think all. People who are migrating from the U.S. from Latin America are illegal, are, are criminals, and they don't see the hypocrisy in doing so. Because yes. I absolutely am a hundred percent sure that if I said all white people are evil racists, you would be offended. I could do the exact same thing, Jalen. How many times have we had sneak peek previews of white people being scumbags and racist yes, to black exactly. people? But we have the, been afforded the opportunity to essentially, at times, be raised by white women because, in our unfortunately, in our communities, we don't have that many black teachers. We have uh, white teachers. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So white I was uh, came up under white women who treated me with respect. So I know not to think that all white people are like this. But white people don't have that uh, uh, opportunity to do the same. I'm pretty sure there's no uh, predominantly black 
teachers in their schools is all white. Yes. There aren't no predominantly black uh, store owners, uh, you know, club owners, food owners, stuff like that in their communities. It's just all white. All you get are sneak peek previews you see when you exactly. walk by somebody in Walmart or you looking on the fucking internet. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, we even see that with what happened with just Don Lemon recently. You know, he said uh, a true statement, a valid statement, I feel. You know, <laughs> no, he, don't say that because that opens it up to a debate. What he said is a fact. Yeah, okay, There's yeah, no yeah exactly. Okay, no yeah. It, <laughs> it was a fact. And, you know, he basically said that, you know, what the biggest uh, terroristic threat was uh, yeah. white men. Yes, white men. White men. Well, which is true, which is facts. And so you've seen so many people get offended from that. But it's like they'll be the first one to label all Muslims as terrorists. They're the uh, first people to uh, drop a comment about 80, you know, 80% of uh, shootings or crimes are done by black people, or 30%, which uh, actually that statistic in and of itself is a misinterpretation of a much larger statistic because I'm not going to get into that. Just understand it's bullshit. But the hypocrisy, you see it though. Yes, They're much exactly. more willing to make a statement about black people, but if you make a statement about white people, it, it mm -mm, what you doing? Hold on. Yes. And even though that statement has validity to exactly. it, like this is facts. Like what have we been seeing? Like we haven't been seeing like some, some guy in a, uh, in a hijab, you know, kill, killing, you know, people at synagogues. We don't. We're not seeing it, these people watching jihad. What's crazy is that it's the complete opposite. Not only is it yes. not Muslim people who are attacking these people, they're the ones who are helping them. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? If a, if a synagogue or a church gets shot up, who are the first people to donate money? It's usually Muslim, Muslim groups. And that's what happened with this recent uh, synagogue shooting. And I think the same thing happened uh, in the beginning of Trump's uh, presidency when I think they had that synagogue shooting. Yeah. Uh, was it Toronto or oh, in Canada? Yeah, yeah. I see, and and so the, that proves that like. You know, maybe, you know, the demographic that was doing the finger pointing. It may be in the bad or in the wrong yes, right now. Yes. I'm, I'm not seeing what you guys are talking about. We live in a sanctuary city. I don't see no uh, Hispanics raping and uh, being gang members. And no. I don't see them stealing any of my jobs. I see them creating their own jobs. Exactly. I see them creating and maintaining their connection to their uh, original culture while blending it with our okay. culture, exactly. which is what this is supposed to be about in the first place. Which is the beautiful part of America. Like, But that's the thing. People are just, they love myths and stories and shit. People will tell you the birth of America <clears throat> and, and again, I'm I'm saying this all without, you know, you know, touching on slavery because like you like you brought up in the earlier episode, you know, it's you know, throughout, you know, for me as a black man, throughout this whole history of America, I can never really say that it has been a better time for black people. But when saying like just the history of Americans and when the colonizers, the citizens and uh the, the founding fathers, beautiful story. Because you had different immigrants from different walks of life come together and make something that is a living and breathing document and really that is so far proven to be the best document in history. And so that that that's beautiful. And people but I feel like the conservatives thought they cling on to that myth without understanding the truth in that. Without understanding that, look, yes, this is a living, living, breathing document. Just like those men were immigrants, we are immigrants too. And I'm speaking from the Latinx community. Just like slaves were an oppressed demographic of people, the LGBTQ plus community is an, is an, is an oppressed uh, intersection. So it's like, Stop clinging <clears throat> on the myths. Understand yeah, the true beauty exercise. in America. Yes, that's exactly. what happens uh, the farther you get away from the event. I'm pretty sure there's going to be uh, um, new opinions 
about the current political state of America right now, four years from now. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, if America is here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Fuck Republicans. Yeah, man. So, I'd <laughs> rather somebody split a guard than split a ticket. I'm not, we, we can't, no. Nah. But <laughs> I'll take it as a start. Uh, Come back to me in twenty uh twenty four. You still doing split ticket? We can have a conversation now. But right now, I need y'all to vote. That's all I yeah, care see, about. I I try, true, true, any true. opportunity is a good opportunity. True, true. Well, um, that's really all we have for today. Uh, well, uh, pretty much just this last part, last three four minutes. Uh, we do have some plans for the end oh, of this okay. year. Uh, for the podcast, we've uh been planning some stuff while we took a break working for the Beto Work campaign. Hopefully some more entertainment uh, type episodes, actually some more entertainment type uh, just content. We plan on or have plans for a YouTube page. Uh, we have plans for starting to attempt to record more of these episodes that we do, um, editing them, putting in some more uh, type of, uh, I guess, reactions or just, you know, yeah. fluff <laughs> type stuff. Add a little razzle-dazzle to the pazzle-dazzle. Yes. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> We would like to, I haven't talked to Dylan about this, but this is an idea I've had. And we originally talked about this a while ago, a long time ago, actually, before the podcast even started. But we haven't had an opportunity to do so. Hopefully next year, uh, starting in January, we can start holding open debate episodes where, uh, you know, you hear something and we're talking about, you may disagree with it. You may feel we ha- didn't hit it properly on the nail right you know what i'm saying yeah. you can come down we can talk about it in person if you have a, a opposing opinion we'll debate you you know what i'm saying we yes. have have no problem in doing that yes and um but actually that's fun and you know i feel like that not to cut you off but that's really what this is about it's about you know having you know social and political discourse to solve issues you know sometimes we we meet down the aisle but most of the times we won't Correct. <laughs> uh, but with that, that's uh, pretty much it for me. Uh, you guys have any suggestions about what you would like to hear coming for uh, going forward? Let us know. Um, if you felt we rambled in this episode, let us know. Uh, I'm probably not going to care, but I still like to hear it. Jalen, you got anything? Uh, no, man. Uh, like usual. Uh, subscribe. Well, it's not subscribe. Just follow the page on all of our social media accounts. Um, E to the podcast at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. E to the podcast at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And like Andre said, have any suggestions? Want to come on the show? Just hit us up, man. We about to start doing some big stuff, and we want everybody a part of it. Sure. All right. Uh, it's been Ruby, Andre, and Don Lemon here, and Say we're signing Ruby. off. Say bye, Ruby. Roof. That's man, man, of course. Man, of course. <laughs> that was some dad shit, bro. Oh my god. <laughs>